Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Marshall show of the season. Big crowd on hand here tonight. Thank you all for coming out. Obviously, everyone getting excited about Shocker basketball. The Shockers coming off a 103-62 win over the University of Tennessee Martin on Saturday at Coke Arena. And I don't know about the rest of you, but it just it felt strange to have a week between games. And I know it's still early and there's lots of games to play, but it seemed like a long time between games, especially after shooting 24.2% and wanting to get back and do something a little better. The Shockers certainly did. And uh, now it gets busy again. A Tuesday night game, tomorrow night, Gardner-Webb here at Coke Arena, and then Saturday afternoon, another 2 o'clock start against Oral Roberts, and then the Shockers will head to Cancun for the Cancun Challenge, and certainly the biggest challenges that they will have faced so far in this young season with South Carolina in their opening game a week from tomorrow, Tuesday of Thanksgiving week, and then on Wednesday, depending on who wins and loses, either Northern Iowa, a longtime opponent from the Missouri Valley Conference, or West Virginia and Bob Huggins. So that will be an interesting trip. Uh, we won't get too deep into that because two games between now and then, but uh, should be a fun week, and we've got a lot to talk about. So we welcome you in. This is the kind of the early signing period in college athletics, the November signing period. Uh, you may have seen the news last night that Wichita State at least has a commitment, but I don't know if that's something we can talk about yet. I'll find that out when uh, Coach joins me because you do have to have the letter of intent in hand before you can talk in any specifics or mention a name of anyone who has signed with you. But the Shockers with only one scholarship, Jamie Echenique is the only senior on this year's team, and so uh, not as not as big a uh, not as big a project to recruit a bunch of people this year, but it uh, looks like the Shockers have gotten another really good one. So a lot to talk about. Coach Marshall headed this way from practice, and we'll get into our discussion shortly. But again, uh, great to have you with us. I do want to mention, and, and coming up, we have our women's basketball show with Keitha Adams, and then following that, our final Shocker volleyball show of the season with head coach Chris Lamb as the Shockers wrapped up their volleyball season on Friday and Sunday with a home win over Tulsa and a win on the road at ECU. Coach Marshall steps in and uh, coach first of all you come off a game against Texas Southern in which you shot 24 percent and uh, you come back and have a tremendous offensive game against Tennessee Martin. And, and uh, talk just a little bit, if you would, about the things that you really emphasized in practice offensively and that, that really pleased you with how much that improved in the, uh, the game on Saturday. Mike, the biggest thing that we worked on was not playing uh, what we call hero ball and um, trying to do it by yourself. We wanted to, and, and the, the biggest problem we had in that, Texas Southern game was no, not, not many assists. We weren't producing or helping others get easy shots. Uh, it starts with your defense. You can certainly 
create some scoring opportunities in transition with your defense. You can also set good screens. You can penetrate and draw two defenders and kick. None of that were we doing very well against Texas Southern. So we were settling for marginal, if not bad, shots where we were trying to go one-on-one. -on -one. And I told the players, if, if you were that good where you could just take on the whole team and go score anytime you wanted, you would already be in the NBA because that's what those guys can do. Um, we need to produce and share the ball and produce um, quality shots for the best shots that we can get within the possession as opposed to the best shot that you can get at that given time. Certainly a couple of things that help beyond just that emphasis in practice and, and working on that, the return of Jamarius Burton, who became very good at running your offense a year ago as a freshman, and then it was obvious that Noah Fernandez having a chance to get back and start playing again is, is going to be a major addition at running the offense and getting some of those things done. Yeah, we're, we're set at guard now for a while. With JB being back, I thought he was tremendous in his bounce-back game. Uh, when he shoots the ball like that, he can be an all-conference player. Um, then you've got, of course, Grant Sherfield and Noah Fernandez, two young guards that can run a team, score when they need to, but they, they both have different strengths. And Tyson Etienne, the young uh, combo guard who was shooting the cover off the ball uh, in, in the last game. And... You know, it's funny how things become contagious, good and bad. Uh, when you miss 20-some shots in a row, that gets contagious and guys are getting tight and so forth. You got off to a great start Saturday, and you could just feel how contagious that was. There was just a great flow and everybody feeding off of each other. Yeah, just basketball is a game of runs and it's a game of confidence. And um, as you mentioned, you know, all those shots that we were missing uh, against Texas Southern, some of them, you know, you can tell from the last game that we're not a bad shooting team. I mean, we, we toe the line. We got a lot of guys that you would not want to play in a horse matchup. But the, the simple fact is when you watch the film, like we have an opportunity to do, or it, it's not a good thing to watch that Texas Southern film because there were 15 shots that we took, Mike, as well as we shoot the basketball, that did not hit the rim. And when I say, I'm not talking about going in as a swish. That doesn't count. We didn't have too many of those. But I'm saying miss the basket entirely. 15 shots that you would term an air ball. Now, I consider an air ball when you take a shot and it gets blocked. That's a bad shot. If you're getting your shot blocked, that's not a quality look. Now, every once in a while, you know, Bill Russell can come across from the weak side and sweep in and block a shot. But... Generally, if you're taking a shot that gets blocked by the guy that you're guarding, it's not a great shot. Fifteen times that happened. And I don't know if it, it happened maybe, I remember twice in the next game against um, Tennessee Martin, both times Eric and Jamarius were in the lane with eight-foot like runners, but they both shot it long and missed the goal entirely. But I don't recall any other air balls, if you will, against Tennessee Martin. Yeah, and that's something that, uh, for those of us that have been around a while, uh, is a strange thing to see. I, I can't remember exactly who I had the conversation with, but I think it might have been Alabama's play-by-play -play man last year when we were in Charleston, talking about he didn't used to see five to ten air balls a season, and it's certainly not unusual to see that many in a game these days sometimes. Yeah, well, a lot of bad <laughs> shots being taken. Now, I, I do want to mention, though, that 
I, I think my own opinion is that you've always drawn a great balance between players understanding what's a good shot and a bad shot without overemphasizing it to the point where they're tight, that certainly they have some freedom to shoot shots that are open that are good shots, but there does have to be some understanding of where you draw the line. Absolutely. And you, you try to be, you know, as demanding as we are, that you play hard and play defense and you run the court, you rebound every time and box out on the defensive end. I want to be known as a player's coach when it term, in, in terms of playing with confidence and playing with swagger and knowing when it's your time, you don't hesitate. You don't have it in the back of your mind. I don't know if coach wants me to take this shot. I don't, I don't know if coach thinks this is a good shot for me. And you're not going to make that shot. You've got to have that coach behind you. And that's what I do. When I watch them shoot in practice, that's how you get the green light in a game. Now, there, you know, we, we've, we've had many guys over the years that as big guys, they didn't take threes early in their careers, but later on in their careers, like Stutz and Durley and um, uh, maybe even um, uh, Shaq Morris, Daryl Willis, they become three-point shooters later on in their careers because they prove in practice that they can do it. I mean, we see them way more than the typical fan that comes to Coke Arena and sees them 16 times a year live. We see them 16 times uh, in two weeks. You know, it's it's just, we don't do two a days, but we do see them quite, just about every day. And you go from six assists in the Texas Southern game to 29 against Tennessee Martin, second most in any game you've coached here at Wichita State. And, and guys were obviously looking for each other, looking ahead on the break. I mean, just constantly looking for open guys. And it, and it, and it carried over into practice today. I mean, yesterday was a very short practice, a lot of video and uh, a little bit of, little bit of practice, so mostly walk through. But then today was a, a big-time prep day for Gardner-Webb. And offensively, we were good, man. We were, we, the ball was zipping around the perimeter, inside, outside. Guys were throwing it in, cutting. Uh, the offense looked really good today uh, against the scout team. We will continue with Shocker head coach Greg Marshall on our weekly coaches show from AJ's right after this. Welcome back to the Greg Marshall show from AJ's Sports Grill at the Alley as we continue our discussion of Shocker basketball. Again, Wichita State coming off its 103-62 win over Tennessee Martin. Heading into a two-game week at home with Gardner-Webb and Oral Roberts. The Tennessee Martin game and the uh, Gardner-Webb game tomorrow night are both part of the Cancun Challenge. They're the on-campus part of it, and then two more games in Cancun Thanksgiving week. Coach, I wanted to bring this up because I think it's important that people understand there is a lot that goes on in your job and your profession outside just teaching basketball and coaching games and and certainly it's important to you to develop these young men as people and situations come up that are part of life and you had a difficult one this past week with the death of Eric Stevenson's grandfather and that was something that you had to deal with make him feel as good about it as possible and and try to help him through a very difficult situation yeah we were notified on Tuesday morning that they had found uh, retired Lieutenant Colonel Ron Wilson um, dead after as he was watching uh, the Seahawks you know they live those folks out there in Washington State because I'm married to one I know um, 
They love the Seahawks. And they take the 12th man to an extreme. You see flags all over the place, and, and I can't imagine how difficult it would be to play a game out there as a, an opposing team. But he's watching the game and got, him, got up to get something to drink and I think some chips and salsa, ironically, um, and it just collapsed. And they don't know whether it's a heart attack or a stroke, but uh, he passed away. He was only 71. He's a gentleman that in, in his military career jumped out of helicopters and uh, was a tremendous sportsman, a great fisherman, a great bowler, a great golf golfer, uh, and he loved Eric, his only grandson, and just watching him. He was at every game. So when I go out there to recruit him in, in, a, in a high school practice, the grandpa's there. And I could tell right away, just not because of what Eric said, because everyone else – he was held in very high esteem by all the people at the workout. So then when I go back to watch Eric in a, in a game, um, he's there and he's got his little uh, fold-out chair that he always sat right behind the bench. And so we got word that he had passed away and they, did, they wanted us to be there when they told, they didn't want us to tell him, but they wanted to tell him, but they wanted us to be there to support Eric because in Eric's words, he was his favorite person on earth. And you could kind of tell that, you know. Obviously, he loved his mom and dad. I'm not taking away anything from them, but this was his guy. This was, he had promised his grandpa when he signed a, a pro contract that he was going to buy him a boat. <laughs> and they were going to go and, and, and fish in a nicer vessel. So um, the San Juan Islands are great for salmon fishing. And uh, um, you can catch uh, all kind of halibut. I've been out there and had a great fishing day. The best one in my whole life. But um, so when we told him, you know, he took it really hard. But to see his teammates, uh, you know, really care for him and be there to pick him up uh, was, was really good. And Eric said, when, as soon as I said, listen, your mom and dad need to talk to you, they're okay, he, he broke down. He knew something was up because when the Seahawks won an improbable game, when the 49ers kicker missed a field goal in overtime, he didn't hear from his grandpa the next morning because he knew he always he would get a text. He said, I knew something was wrong when I didn't hear from my grandpa about that game. And so, you know, it was tough. It was really hard. I thought the school and the administration and, and our people that run our game management did a wonderful job in, in honoring him. And, and Eric, who's been struggling shooting the basketball, which doesn't make sense to me, but, of course, his grandpa's last text was, keep shooting the three ball. It's going to start to fall. And that first shot that he got uh, on Saturday was just a beautiful arc. And it, it, you knew it was going in. And then he made a couple more. So uh, hopefully the, the, the shooting jinx is over for him. And maybe this wasn't necessarily, but someone his age uh, it's not unusual if they're experiencing something like that for the, the first time. Certainly you understand it, being a little farther along in your life and all of us, but uh, that, that's especially difficult if it's the first person really close to you that you've lost. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, you know, I, I was, gosh, it was 12 years ago. This is my 13th season. So I was in my mid-40s when I moved out here and that spring is when my grandmother died. And it, it, I remember how I was shaken with that whole deal. And, you know, it was tough being out here away from the family and all that. So I can imagine as a kid losing his grandpa like that and, 
he had meant so much to his career. He, they basically went hand in hand throughout his development as a basketball player. It's nice that you mentioned what you did about the way the team responded because this truly is, within your program, a family type of atmosphere, and especially at the hardest times, that's when everyone rallies around it. Yeah, it's amazing. And, you know, Steve Dickey, our character coach, uh, it was, was there. The family had requested that I be there and that he be there, and that's the, that's the role that he plays. He was, he was my former pastor back in the day, and now he's our character coach for our team. And he devotes a and just an unbelievable amount of time as a volunteer to these young men in our program. And sometimes the coaches, you know, uh, he, he's there for us as well. When we hit, have questions or, you know, we don't know who to turn to to ask uh, about something. And uh, Steve was just fantastic in helping Eric last Monday night. It was a, it was a week ago right now. We didn't do the show because of uh, Veterans Day, so he basically died on Veterans Day. Well, we will continue. I did want to get that mentioned, and we'll continue with Coach Marshall. Get back to more basketball discussions in just a moment. Welcome back to the Greg Marshall Show. Again, the Shockers at home tomorrow night against Gardner-Webb and then Saturday afternoon against Oral Roberts before heading to Cancun to take on South Carolina and whatever lies beyond that. We continue our discussion with Coach Marshall. Uh, we had a question before we even uh, went on the air here, and I'll just preface this by saying I know these things are never completely set in stone, but likely that Josephat Bilal is going to redshirt this year. Likely, but not 100%. You know, he's getting healthy, and um, I guess he had an MRA, whatever that is, not an MRI, an MRA, I think, um, and we're waiting for the results of his shin issue, but his time off is, is enabling him to run better, and I mean, literally, he was limping up the court and you can't play division one basketball at this level and, and limp up the court not not the way we ask you to play so I said listen we don't have to make the decision on you redshirting until you're healthy as long as you're not healthy you don't need to play he's getting healthy and we think there's a chance that um, ultimately um, he could redshirt but then again, you never know what ha can happen, but in the time that he's trying to get healthy, something else could happen. I I'd, I'd certainly don't want any. We've already got Jaime out, and, and we hope we get good news on his hand here. He's going to go Wednesday for another follow-up uh, to the broken hand. But in this injuries happen, so you just have to be prepared for it. And for whatever reason, our bigs have been susceptible to some injuries uh, in the last year. And, and certainly, I know Jaime, Jamie has been talking about uh, being back this this soon, whatever. But there's no reason to rush him. That is an injury that could certainly be re-injured, and so you want to make sure he's 100 percent because you've got a lot of season left. Yeah, it was broken in two places. He took a charge against Nebraska in the in the close scrimmage, and he just got to get he's got to get that fixed. It's, it's his left hand, but still, I mean, you. You can't play with a broken hand. It hurts. It's swollen. It's, you know, the bone's not correct. And so uh, he's doing bone stimulator. He's doing uh, a lot of calcium and, and vitamin D. And uh, he's doing his little exercises. And he's in some type of, um, it's not a cast, but it's more like a splint, if you will. 
Now, moving forward, he's your only senior. You have one scholarship, at least as it stands now, and it sounds like you have received some very good news about filling that one. Yes, we did. Uh, over the weekend, we had a young man visit from um, Burlington, North Carolina, where Elon College is, or Elon University, maybe. Um, it's, it's near Greensboro, North Carolina, a little bit north of Charlotte. Jaden, Michael, his mom, his dad, they all visited Wichita for the first time over the weekend. Um, originally, he was a part of the 2000, he was a senior now, but he was a part of the 2020 graduating class. But then he reclassified so that he could be a junior this year in the 2021 class. But he's gotten to the point where he doesn't like the recruiting. I mean, he's getting a lot of recruiting. It's uh, Louisville had offered him for 21, North Carolina State, Providence, um, lots of schools that are very, very good programs. And he, he just he's getting to the point now he wants to go ahead and, and, and move on. And he's a wonderful student, 3.8 student, very conscientious worker. Kind of reminds me of the Fred Van Vliet story in that he and his dad, for most of his, from like, I don't know what age they started, but I would say his teenage years to now um, has worked out early in the morning before school, five days a week. And he's very driven. He loves the gym. He, love, he wants to be coached, and he wants a defensive-minded program because he, he's a very good defender. And, you know, that, and he, but also he's, he's very athletic and bouncy, a good mid-range stroke. Uh, he will be a fine three-point shooter in time and just a lovely kid. So I'm, I'm excited to have him in the program. We, we weren't going to sign anyone unless we could get someone that we thought could be special in time, and we feel like Jaden Michael could be that, that guy. He's listed as a four-star recruit. You know, we've talked about how much those stars truly mean, but as we've talked also earlier this year with kids like Tyson Etienne and Grant Sherfield, it does – give an indication they've been seen they've played at a high level and and certainly we're seeing the benefits of that with some of these young men coming in he played in the same program uh as jamarius burton in north carolina a, an aau program called team loaded um and team loaded is exactly that i mean the other another player from their program that you're familiar with is the the freshman last year at houston nate hinton yeah he's pretty good team loaded so uh, there's some in the way JB's developed and, and Jaden Michael is going to be the same type of worker. Uh, I think that we're in for some real uh, exciting times with this dynamic young athlete coming into our program. You just mentioned JB and I, I did want to talk about this a little bit. Certainly one of the things that you uh, certainly you had a list of things for everybody that they needed to work on individually this summer and, and coming back to get better. With him, it was shooting without any questions. Certainly, that seems to have been something that the time's been well spent. And I, I wanted to talk about his performance the other night because on, on top of everything else, he already did well. Uh, the shot was there, and that really makes him a dangerous player. Oh, well, it's a key for him. I, I, I said it to him last year, you know, developing a consistent three-point jump shot for him is the difference from pre between being a good player and being an all-conference caliber player. And, you know, it, it, he, he put in the time this summer after we urged him to develop that shot. I mean, shooting is a learned skill. I mean, it's something you have to go out and you, work, you have to work on and you have to try to get better at. And, 
you know, when you're not having, a, uh, you're not shooting it well, you have to go work on it and see the ball go in the basket and develop a confidence and a, and a, a rhythm and have a shoot it the same way every time. And so he did that. He was making hundreds of jump shots every day throughout the summer and into the fall. And today, you know, we, he was, we were doing a shooting drill in practice, and I, I just whispered in his ear, I said, man, this, this work is paying off. This extra work is paying off, JB. And he just, he just said, I know, Coach, it feels good. You know, and it looks good. It looks good leaving his hand. He used to be a reluctant shooter. Like, it, he didn't really want to shoot it, and he kind of held it in his hand. And that, that's what we're talking about. You can't be a good shooter if you're not a confident shooter. And it makes him so versatile because he is really strong for somebody his size, and we've seen him in the exhibition game before he got hurt and again the other night, make some plays at the rim where he just muscled it right through somebody. Right, and he's, uh, he's a ball getter. You know how I love ball getters. He's a guy that sucks that ball in when it's loose, and he's really become a good passer. Uh, he had, he, he, I think he set the freshman record or something last for assist, year for, yeah. for assist, and he's not the, your typical natural point guard but man he's becoming more of a point guard as he plays the position but what i love is he can also play the small forward because of the way he defends the way he can deck the ball and dribble it to the basket and maybe one day if he keeps stroking it he can be an off guard to a shooting guard oh, and i wanted to talk to you beyond him about some of the other guys i don't know if we we specifically mentioned this but at one of the practices i was at right after you came back from the the conference meetings and you're mentioning to everyone kind of pointing out that nobody got picked for the first two all-conference teams and challenging them a little bit to work on the things individually that they all know they need to work on and uh, I just wondered how you Dexter it was ball handling and some of those things how do you feel about the way these guys have done that well they've all really worked hard I mean this is this is why we love this group because they're they're self-starters they're in the gym on their own uh, they're dragging managers in at all hours uh, to get extra work in the gym. They're, you don't have to push them to go hard and practice. Uh, they're just workers, and they're, they want to be great. And we've got a team full of guys like that. So it's exciting how young we are, how good we, could, we are right now. I'm not saying we're the best team in the country, but we're a pretty good team. But the, I see how good we could, could become. And... Every day, you know, I challenge this team. I push them a little bit out of their comfort zone and, you know, get on them about the mistakes And because I know that this team could be really special. And it's, if we stay together and we keep working the way we're going to work and we have natural progression individually, we're going to be good. I can't tell you when that's going to be. And I mean, when I say good, I mean really good. Well, and, and uh, it's easy to overlook. You've won three games. You had a great game on Saturday. Jamie hasn't played yet, who's a huge factor on this team when he's healthy. Noah really is just getting back in, in shape to play. And then JB missed pretty much two full games. Right, right. Um, well, Jamie was only our leading returning rebounder and scorer and a most efficient player we had last year. So, I mean, he makes a big difference. Um, but in his stead, um, Morris Yadeze really played well on Saturday. Poor Bear Chandler has, has really uh, improved, I think, as a player. He's much better defensively. He's, he's, he's not just losing his band and losing the defensive concepts like he did on a regular basis last year. And then Asbjorn, he has his moments. And there's going to be 
plenty of times this year where we need him, just his, his immense size to, to lean on a guy or, or protect the basket with his uh, length and, 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 and strong body. And certainly in, in talking about the things we did at the beginning about getting better offensively by executing and passing and looking for each other, not much went into the post in that Texas Southern game. The other night, your three postmen combined to go 12 for 18. Yeah, I think we had 26 points from the five spot. And I, again, without Jamie, who's our best low post scorer, I don't know how we did that, but we come up with 26 points. The stats, you know, they don't lie. I mean, the, we had 26 points by the, the combined with those three, the three-headed monster, if you will, subbing those guys in, keeping them fresh, getting the offensive rebounds, rolling hard to the basket, hitting the occasional short jump shot. And, um, and every once in a while, our set's feeding them right underneath the basket for easy baskets. We will continue with head basketball coach Greg Marshall on our weekly coaches show from AJ's Sports Grill at the Alley. But first, a timeout. Welcome back to the Greg Marshall Show as we continue our discussion of Shocker basketball. And again, the Shockers with two games at home this week, Gardner-Webb tomorrow night and Oral Roberts on Saturday. Coach, one of your new players I wanted to talk to you about a little bit, not brand new to the college game, but Trey Wade, a uh, junior college transfer, played a year at UTEP, two double-figure rebounding games in a row, had eight in 24 minutes Saturday, and you just really didn't need him to play more than that. But had he, would have become the first player since Xavier McDaniel 35 years ago to have three straight double-figure rebound games. Yeah, he, he, Trey pursues the ball very well. He's a good basketball player. He, he doesn't do anything just like the best on the team, but may, he might be our best rebounder now that you think about it. But it, he just a, he does everything well. He has no weakness in his game. He can pass it. He can shoot the three. The thing that he's not doing right now, and we, I don't know why, but he's not finishing inside the arc. He's, not a, he, he's like five for 17 or something like that inside the arc. He's, he's shot the three ball better than I thought he would. He's rebounding really well. He's defending really well. He can pass it. He can dribble it. So he's a very good basketball player, and we're certainly glad we got him. Coach Lou Godino has a relationship with his junior college coach, Steve Green, down in South Plains in, in West Texas. So uh, we're very fortunate. He had Florida and Georgia and people like that messing with him when he just decided to cut off the recruiting last spring. And I think it would be interesting for people to know, I, I was at a practice a couple of weeks before the season. It was after, I don't think you'd played your uh, your close well might have played might have been right after the nebraska scrimmage where you were kind of going over things and you mentioned it's kind of a positive negative positive thing where you're doing a lot of things well you're playing really well but i'm surprised you're not rebounding better than you are and he really took that to heart and has really did i say that you did yeah <laughs> uh I, I don't remember everything that i say to those guys <laughs> to inspire them but um yeah that maybe maybe at that time he wasn't pursuing the basketball you know, we teach check out first and then pursue the ball. And a lot of guys just go get the ball. And I tell them, okay, if you can go get it at the square, 
at the top of the square, not at the basket level, but at the top of the square, I don't need you to check out. Just go get the ball. But I want to see bodies scatter when you go after that ball. I want you to go after it with a fervor. And um, he's really good at that. He has, he's a good two-foot jumper. And that's one of the things that you, you learn in, in the business when you coach as long as I have. It's, there, there are guys that can really run and jump and jump off one foot but those aren't the rebounders. The rebounders are the guys that can elevate off two feet because rarely do you see guys go after rebounds off one foot. So there's a difference between a one-foot jumper and a two-foot jumper. And to extend on that, there are guys who are good jumpers, strong, box out, that are good defensive rebounders. Offensive rebounding sometimes takes a little bit of anticipation and instinct. He seems to be very good at that, and it looks like this has a chance to be a very good offensive rebounding team. Right. That's just effort. That's, that's every shot is a pass to me. I'm assuming that this is going to miss, and if it goes in, great. But if it misses... I want to have at least a 50-50 chance of, of getting it, depending on how it bounces off of the rim. So you have to go. And, and offensive rebounding we talk about is a numbers game. And we want to send three guys to the glass every time a ball shot. Now, we don't get it every time. And every once in a while, we have four guys on the glass. But we want ideally three to four guys going for that offensive rebound. Because think about it. You, 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 we don't shoot 50% as a team. So more than 50% of the shots are coming off and available, basically a pass to you, an assist if you can get it and lay it back in. And, and to me, we're seeing poor Bear really making a great effort at that. Asbjorn has made a really nice effort. And then Dex and Jamarius both have the ability to really go in there. and make As well as um, um, DeAnthony Gordon, but um, Mo Yadeze. He may be oh, one yeah. of our best oh, yeah. offensive rebounders right now. And we talked about Mo a little bit last year before he got hurt as a guy with a really good motor, and we really saw that, especially on, on Saturday, running the floor, going to the offensive glass, really aggressively attacking the basket. Not the prettiest offensive game for sure, but a guy that gets the most out of his ability. He's tough. He's strong. He plays really, really hard. We're trying to help him avoid fouls he likes to get a little more too much aggressive at times but uh, man this guy can really really play and also you know we talked about guys working on stuff he really needed to work on his offensive skills and I think you said on an earlier show he's not maybe ever going to be a great jump shooter per se but a little bit of a set shot push shot uh, has improved and and he's making some free throws yeah, he's making free throws. His shot has gotten better. It's not a very pretty shot. It's not a jump shot. It is a set shot. But he actually, sometimes in practice, when we're just shooting around, he'll step out and work on it a little bit because they all want to do that. I mean, if you're going to play professional basketball, like Ramon Clemente makes threes now. You remember Ramon? Yeah. He was six <laughs> feet and in when yeah. he came to us. Now he makes threes in Puerto Rico or Mexico or wherever he plays and he can really shoot the ball. So they all, Rashard Kelly is shooting threes now in Russia. So these guys want to shoot the ball. And in order to get paid, you have to be able to do that. Otherwise, what happens? Your defender sits in the lane and clogs everything up. All right, and uh, something else I wanted to talk about, I wanted to make sure people are aware. Right now, Wichita State, it's three games in, I know, it's very early, but second in the nation 
in turnovers per game. It's an even eight. They have not had more than nine in any game yet, and fourth in the nation in assist to turnover ratio. It's over two to one. You like your guards to have two to one. A Fred Van Vliet might be closer to three to one, but when your whole team, if, if your whole team's one and one point four, one point five to one, that's pretty darn good, and it's better than two to one right now. And I love that, Mike, and I appreciate you sharing that. But you know, as a coach and the cynic that I am. I keep telling the boys, okay, we haven't seen a whole lot of pressure yet, and how can you turn it over when you take all those bad shots against Texas Southern? So, but no, really, we'll, we'll be able to talk about that after we play some games coming up in December and we see VCU. I hope if we have a two-to-one assist ratio against VCU, we're going to win that game. Or South Carolina. Or South Carolina, it? Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. But what's encouraging is that you do have young guards who are making – Grant had kind of a tough day on Saturday, but you have young guards that are making pretty good decisions for this early. And you had a game on Saturday where it certainly could have deteriorated late with a big lead and clearing the bench and all that, and it never really got sloppy like Well, that. they know that that video session's coming the next day, so they, they really don't want it to be sloppy with the basketball. So it's, 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 it's ingrained in them to take care of it and let's, get a, let's try to get a good shot by executing something and sharing the basketball. You know, one of the things that uh, it seems like when we take listener questions or something over the years, sooner or later somebody bring up free throw shooting because you'd had one bad free throw shooting game or something. But last year you shot 61% from the line the first nine games and 78 the last 29. This team is certainly off to a good start from the free throw line, but I know that's something that, that you work on as coaches in terms of getting guys into comfortable technique and working individually with people and so forth. I, rem I remember when we used to take call-ins, call-in <laughs> show, and we'd take calls, and it, invariably every week someone would want to talk about technique and how we could improve our free throw shooting, and you would interrupt him and go, by the way, this <laughs> team is the second best shocker free throw shooting team in the history of shocker basketball. I think seven of the top ten all time have been since you've been here. Okay, so, so but, it, it's, but we would have to answer that question. I didn't realize we were that bad, but, you know, when you have all those babies you're throwing out in front of the, you know, the, the Coliseum and, and just go survive, they're scared to death when they go to that foul line and all those people in the gym. I didn't know we have shot that well down the stretch, and hopefully we can continue that as a, as a team, and I think we can. I, this is a very good shooting team, as we've mentioned before, and that's why we were so disappointed in the Texas Southern performance. But it did get you through, really, against Texas Absolutely. Southern. Absolutely. We made a bunch of free throws. Uh, Grant Sherfield in particular, Eric Stevenson, um, you know, they, they were very aggressive, and they were very active with their hands, and you know, at home, we got the benefit of some of those calls, and we couldn't put it in the basket from the field, but we can certainly make, take advantage of the free ones. One thing to mention about that game, too, kind of tongue-in-cheek, and I know you saw this stat. It was the first time in five years that any Division I team had won a game shooting less than 30% from the field. So I don't know if you call that a left-handed compliment, but a little bit of pride in the fact that your defense and your free throw shooting were good enough to get you through that. Defense, way. rebounding, and free throw shooting. It's called winning ugly, Mike, and, <laughs> and, you know, sometimes you just have to do it. Well, we will talk about the schedule ahead as the Shockers play two at home this week when we come back on our final segment of the Greg Marshall Show.
Welcome back to the Greg Marshall Show. Wichita State at home for two this week as they'll play their fourth and fifth games of the new season before heading off to Cancun. Gardner-Webb tomorrow night at Charles Koch Arena. That's a name you may not be terribly familiar with. Uh, one of their all-time greats came when they were a junior college. His name was Artis Gilmore, and he was pretty good. Fortunately, they don't have anybody like him this year, but a, a team that made their first ever NCAA Division I appearance last year under Tim Kraft, won 23 games, and they have three of the five starters and seven of the top nine back from that team. First of all, Tim Kraft is doing an amazing job. I love watching their team play. I mean, he does a really good job of coaching his team. This may be the best three and oh team oh and three team that i've ever seen i mean they they played Furman. and we know how good Furman is Furman may be better this year so they lost by seven they lost in the dean dome by 11 and it was a single digit game the entire time the only one that they lost doesn't make sense was the home game excuse me a road game at western carolina and i watched that game and skip prosser's son uh, Mark is doing a great job at Western Carolina and has some really good players. And I watched that game uh, yesterday. So uh, we've got our hands full. This team led Virginia at the half last year in the NCAA tournament. Um, they won at Georgia Tech. They won at Wake Forest. Maybe the best team that we've played so far. And they have my respect because I know that area. You talk about Artis Gilmore, Coach Isaac Brown was doing the scout today, and he was talking about this this guy, Perez, their leading scorer, preseason player of the year in the Big South, which is the league that I used to coach in at Winthrop. He said he's the highest level recruit they've ever had. No, no, their center, their freshman center is the highest level recruit they've ever had. And I said, are you forgetting ML Carr and World <laughs> Be Free? Those guys played for the running Bulldogs of Gardner-Webb. And... They have had, uh, you played them your second year here, and uh, Rick Scruggs was the head coach, mm -hmm. and he had taken them from Division Two to Division One about eight years before that, and then retired. They had Chris Holtman, who went from there to Butler and then Ohio State, and now Tim Kraft, who has followed. So they've got a little bit of tradition, a little bit of, of history going. Uh, I'm not sure if Tim Kraft was an assistant for Chris Holtman, but I remember the last time we were down in Cancun, in 2012, Chris Holtman was the coach of Gardner-Webb, and they were in the other bracket. There's a Riviera and a Mayan bracket. Right. We were in the one, and we won the, the deal with Iowa and DePaul, DePaul and right. whoever. Western Kentucky. And in, in the Gar Gardner-Webb's bracket, I'm watching them prior to our game, and I'm going, man, this guy can really coach. And I told him afterwards, he was a young coach, like a second-year coach. I said, man. I love how your team plays. Before you know it, he's at Butler, and now he's at Ohio State. Tim Kraft is similar. He can really coach, and his team plays ex the basketball the right way, and they pound it inside, and they back you down. You're going to see some bumping and bruising in the paint tomorrow. And uh, Tim Kraft was an assistant there, and I'm not sure if it was exactly that same time. Went to Auburn for a couple of years, ECU for three, and came back. So... Uh, he's kind of paid his dues and, and certainly, as you said, doing a great job. And, uh, again, a team that is a kind of a surprising 0-3. They played a good schedule, and they were right in it with North Carolina in their most recent game. So, At North Carolina. Yeah. They played the, a top-10 schedule thus far. And then just to, to touch on it, Oral Roberts on Saturday. It's a team you played last year. They ha still have 
O'Banner and uh, Nezakwesi, the, the two 6'8", 240-pounders. They've got a freshman from Dallas who's taking 15 shots a game, 12 threes a game, and averaging almost 18 points per game. Mike, I've got my work cut out for me on Tuesday. <laughs> I will worry about Oral Roberts and this phenomenal freshman on Wednesday. Coach, thank you. I'll, I'll just mention we will not have a show here next Monday because we will be in Cancun by next Monday and uh, looking forward to that. Uh, certainly the history is interesting because the one time you've been there before was the 12-13 season and that ended up pretty well. So Yeah, and we won, we won a, an in-season tournament for the first time in oh, yeah, a long time. Since the 60s with Dave Stallworth. Yep. So, yeah, absolutely. So well, let's, we'll look forward let's try to, to do it again. All right. Thank you, Coach. That's our Greg Marshall show for this week. Again, because we'll be in Cancun next week, no coaches shows. Stay tuned for Keitha Adams and Chris Lamb still to come from here at AJ's. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.